I'm Greta Kavia, host and founder of Masavanda Has a Podcast. To really help the podcast grow, please leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to us today. Thank you. Welcome to the process of creating. Um, Thank you. This is a bit of a different one for me because I've never really spoken to a business consultant in this whole situation. But I feel like after our first conversation on stereo, I think it would be so beneficial for people to kind of understand that you shouldn't be scared of turning your creativity into a business and looking at yourself as a, as a, as a business person as well as a creative. So, yeah. I'm 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 excited. Absolutely. I'm excited as well. I told you the first time I spoke with you, I enjoyed your energy and I definitely love what you're doing. I I I'm a big fan of creatives. I myself, I think everybody's creative mm-hmm. whether you recognize it or not. Um but I am definitely a big fan and everywhere I can help to promote creative um solopreneur entrepreneurs um to accelerate in their creativity. I'm all for it. hundred percent. So we've said all of this, but we, I haven't introduced you yet. So could you do the pleasures and please um, introduce yourself? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Key McKay. I am an entrepreneur coach. Um, and I know that that is not a very <laughs> popular terminology, but for me, the reason why I chose to identify myself as an entrepreneur coach and not a business coach <laughs> is because I specifically focus on the person first, um, business second, because I believe that a business is only as successful as the person running it. Mm-hmm. Uh, term entrepreneur coach. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So so interesting. Okay. So, um, business entrepreneur coach. Right. So that in itself is intriguing. But um, in your own words, how would you? explain how creativity comes into what you do and how do you successfully like execute that because you're constantly dealing with other people Hmm. I would say at the core of all of us we're creative um using myself as the example Mm. um for me my background actually started out in web designing and before that it started out with graphic designing Mm -hmm. so funny thing um since i was a kid for whatever reason um since i would think about elementary school i've always from the first time i saw the computer i've been fascinated with it i never took a class for computer I never, I lie, I took one in high school, but I was so proficient at it, I got to skip school, I got to skip that class every day and still pass. But I've always been like fascinated with computers. And so for as long as I can remember, I've been Googling how to make money online. Yeah. (laughs) And so I, um, back in middle school, I I took my first jump at designing a website when I tried to make a website to sell candy online, literally. (laughs) Uh, and so ever since then i've been working on perfecting the art of designing websites yeah Um, 
I love art. I always, I love poetry. I love art. Till this day, I still write. I no longer like perform as a poet, but I love still writing. Um, and I love listening to music, jazz. So it's like at the core, jazz, music, um, poetry, writing. That's my thing. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, mixed with like computers. But then oddly enough, my parents were entrepreneurs who, well, not were, they, they're living, they still are, mm -hmm. um, who are like heavily into business. And so they're always having conversations with us about business. Mm -hmm. And for me, when we lived in Guyana, my parents, in addition to having a store, they also did like street vending. And so I grew up like doing like street vending. And so I got really good at the ability to talk to people. Which mm -hmm. then like took me, when we moved here to the US, my first job was in customer service. And everything after that was always around like customer service, marketing, management. Mm -hmm. um, but I always had this fascination with the computer. And I know I'm saying a lot, but I promise I'm getting to a point. <laughs> um, fast forward today, the way that all of that comes into play in business is I have a really sharp mind for marketing customer service with the ability to put it together on a computer. So oh when I design a website, it's not just a website that I'm creating. It's the ability to tell a story through writing. Mm -hmm utilize my marketing abilities to then say, okay, when a person comes to a website, what's going to make them click that call to action button? What's going to make them buy? What's going to make them book an appointment? And being able to put that all together in one place. Transitioning mm. that to my clients, when my clients come to me, most of the time they're business owners who are like, well, I just started this business. Initially I was selling some, but now I feel like I'm like limited in the ability that I can sell. And I know that it's not a limit in the market. I just mm -hmm. a peak point. And so I'm able to take the ability to say, hey, you need SEO. Your website needs some revamping. You need to be able to do this. You need to be able to articulate who you are, what you do, and why you do it through a website that basically isn't a person talking, but your website needs to talk to the person looking at it as mm -hmm. if it's a person talking to them. Um, and so that's how it all kind of comes together. I, I know I said a lot, but I hope I answered your question. No, you did. You did. And it's 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 so intriguing to me that you know you are a, like you said everybody's creative but you know you've got the graphic design background and um web design as well and then so you kind of know how to make a creative or just anybody comfortable in in the goal that they've set because you know how to navigate the the lingo of you know um you need this and this is how you're going to make your 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 numbers go up but then you also know how to then apply that so that the person can actually see it. So you've, you've got best, best of both worlds, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I will think so. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, nice. Um, so when we're talking about all of these steps, you kind of went through it in how, like, you know, from school and your parents and everything else. But when you're actually working, um, are you organized in, in, your, in, your set, in your set of how you kind of create or are you more of a, you've done it so many times now, your process is just, it's in your DNA. So you just kind of switch off and you just do it. But because your job is so um, one person central, does it require you to kind of shift yourself to kind of um, cater the client? Like where do you kind of, how do you, how does your process um, grow or how does it shrink? Is it a living being or is it kind of a static process that 
it works because you've found a formula that works. Um, in terms of organizing, I am, I, I freak out if my environment is not organized. Um, <laughs> and this goes down to everything that I do. It has to be organized. Um, mm. And so it's the same with my process working. Stuff has to be mm. in order. My husband says to me all the time, you don't have OCD, but I don't know what it is if you have a book. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I literally go in like, if my, like, if I'm, if I'm working and my office isn't clean or my home isn't clean, I feel mm. it on my body. Like my mind feels flustered and I can't think. And I have to literally stop everything that I'm doing and clean the environment around me. And then I can go back. Mm. Otherwise, I can't function. And if I if I try to go through a week without cleaning up, oh my God, mm -hmm. worst week ever. Um, <laughs> how that come together with my process and working in the same way with my work, because I'm fascinated with technology. Mm -hmm. I like to utilize technology leverage technology to automate a lot of my processes so there are mm -hmm. things that are like step one step two step three that's like automated by the softwares that i use and mm -hmm. that stuff is like it goes in the same order every time but then i'm also fascinated with growth so i'm always looking for opportunities to improve to become better to challenge myself um, mm -hmm. and so the way that that comes out is whenever i'm dealing with a client First of all, I don't like dealing with, um, I, I, I never want to take on a client that I feel like I can just do this because it's easy. I always think mm -hmm. that makes me challenge myself because if I don't know, then I'm required to go out and learn. And I never say to a client, I don't know. I'd rather just take on the project and go learn because it makes me grow as a person. And, and that's where the mm -hmm. ability to say, okay, well, I have something that works, but I also want to know how to perfect it. And so I'm always challenging myself to not stay stagnant. Mhm. Mm okay. Nice. Yeah, and is it do you feel do you think it's it is important for somebody who is starting out to be quite regiment and quite organized within the whole trying to cuz okay, how can I put this? Creatives are, are some some not all are very free. And you know it's about the vibe, it's about how how the environment feels if it, if if it's not it's not jiggy I ain't about to be creating, but when you're now thinking of your, of putting yourself as a business as well as a creative, should you have a certain element of you've got to be organized you've got to be you've got to have step one step two step three and then everything else can be free, or is it not if it if it works for you to be free then yeah be free. All the time. Um. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Um, I think that it's good to be free. Um, but free doesn't have to necessarily means being organized. There's a bridge where the two can meet in the middle. Uh, so before mm -hmm. I, before when I first started out in business, everything like. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm an organized person and, and I always like whatever little resource I had, I always like try to keep it organized. But I like, before I didn't used to sit down and do like business planning and like planning for the year. I didn't used to sit down and do that. It used to be more like a wish list, like, oh, when 2020 come, I want to do this, this and this. But it wasn't necessarily a plan about it. It was kind of 
now I would say it was a wish, but back then it was a like in my heart it was an intention. But because I didn't add a plan to it, it was a wish. So what would happen was every year would come around and I would say I want to do all this stuff, but at the end of the year when I reflect, I really got most of what I wanted done. And it wasn't because I wasn't good, it wasn't because I wasn't intentional or I wasn't serious, but I didn't sit down and make a plan. When I started to learn about planning, um, then I started to implement it into my schedule, into my days. And and it, honestly, till this day, I don't know that I am a proficient planner, but I mm-hmm. am a lot better than where I started. And I don't know that I ever will be like a perfect planner, but I do know that I have an idea now of, okay, this is how I go about getting things done. So what does that look like today in terms of my schedule? I have literally my day schedule out um, in terms of I said, okay, this is the 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. This is personal mm-hmm. business mental development time. This is me working on me as a person. 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. is the only allotment in my schedule that I allow for appointments. And the reason for that is because once 12 p.m. it's 12 to 1, it's mm-hmm. This is me doing transition because from one to six in the afternoon, I'm working on everything relating to clients and projects. And when I start to work, I don't want to be interrupted because if my creativity gets interrupted, then it's hard to get into that mode. So even though I still like, I'm still using a scheduling time, like I'm scheduling creativity, it makes it easier that when I sit down at one o'clock to jump into creative mode, because the atmosphere has been set. My mind is already positioned that at one o'clock to six o'clock, I am in creative mode. My phone is on do not disturb, don't bother me. And it makes it easy to just like do my thing. Um, now don't get me wrong, there are moments where I'm just like riding and on a, like I'm riding, I'm driving in the car and like an idea come to me and I pull over on the side of the road or I grab my phone and start voice recording. There are those moments and when they come, I allow them to freely come to me. Um, but as much as I can, I wanna plan for them just because it allows me mm-hmm. to be more proficient. Yeah, nice. I love that. I wish I was more like that. To be fair, I think I'd fare better and I'd procrastinate less if I was like that. <laughs> I need to adopt your ways a little bit because I I do find like when I don't plan and when I don't set it, when I don't put it on a calendar, then I don't have accountability, if that makes sense. There's a certain element of it's staring at you. And that little notification pops up like, you have to do this now. And you're like, oh, okay, fine, let me do it. Because <laughs> it's just going to keep blinking. It's going to keep blinking. <laughs> so let me just do it so that I don't feel guilty that I didn't do it. So, yeah, you're so right. It, it, it's about balance. It's all about balance, isn't it, really? Yeah. And, you know, funny thing is I actually wasn't always this way. Like, I was literally the kid that went to school. I always left my book bag in the locker. I went to school. I went to class with like one notebook and a pen. I never, I was never really organized. Um, but I made myself mm. like, I started training myself to be this way because I realized like every single, um, book that I read about business or any person that has like done anything that is worth like mm-hmm. noting or that like catch my attention. Every last one of them, like, had to be committed to what what it was that, that they were doing and so it 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 literally came to a crossroad where i had to say to myself well okay Leticia, you're doing this web design thing and you're doing this consultant thing but how serious are you about it and how committed are you 
And so if you're that serious, make it something serious. If you keep treating it like it's just a thing you do, then it'll always be a thing you do. Mm, yeah, 100%. Um, in, in speaking about like reading books and stuff like that, what else um, makes you feel inspired and what like makes you a better creator, a better business mind? Yeah, what makes Key amazing, basically? <laughs> um, this is gonna be very unpopular, but for me, I gotta say, hands down, it's God. It's um, it's God. I spent a lot of time um meditating and reading the Bible, um, a lot of time. Like every morning, that's my thing. I don't. There's really a night that I fall asleep without that being the last thing that I do. There's blocks mm-hmm. in my life where literally, the first of every year for like the first 30 days of every year that I just go into fasting mode and I'm planning preparing mm-hmm. for the whole year. Um, and, and you know, some people might say that's a bit much, but for me, it, it's what makes me go. It's what makes me um, energized. Anytime I'm having like a day where I'm like, oh my God, I just want this day to be over. If I just go sit down mm-hmm. and meditate or listen to Bible scriptures, literally when I come out of it, I feel like I just had an energy drink and you know, that that's what works for me. It, it's what works for me, mm-hmm. and I I honestly can just say, when I look at my life before I started, like I guess would say taking God serious or taking my relationship with God serious. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, everything in my life felt like like flustered and confused, and I know what I wanted to do with my life, but. I didn't have the confidence in myself believing that I can do it. And it was like, I was always worried about how I would be able to do it. And I would start to like make efforts toward doing it. And then I would feel self-defeated thinking that it's not possible. Uh, mm-hmm. But then when I, when I started to believe in something greater than me, then it, it, then I started to understand that everything around me is like abundance, just, I love fishing. I love fishing. And so whenever my husband and I go fishing, the one, the things that I'm always doing is looking at the sky and looking at the ocean. Because anytime you go out, like even just go outside now and you look up at the sky, there's no end into the sky. And if you go to the ocean, there's no end into the ocean either, unless you're like, obviously Mm -hmm. by the dock. And when I look Mm -hmm. at that, it makes me see like, there's, everything is like, there's no limit to anything. And if you put in your mind that there's limits, then there'll always be a limit. But I feel like my relationship with God has allowed me to to understand that there's no limits, and I think that's what it's about. yeah. That's so dope, and you're so right. Like, it once once you kind of put yourself in a in a in a space where there is a higher power, and that you know, it it does shift the way you kind of move, the way you create, the way you look at yourself, the way you look at others, and it then also not justifies but it makes you understand other people a lot better and not in a like a righteous oh my god I know better because I believe but you just then understand you've got a a bit more love to give because you're like you know what that's what you're being taught to do is just to love and to love yourself and to love your surroundings and yeah yeah I'm, I'm with you on that god is just yeah savior greatness everything hundred percent you know and and just one thing to add to that before i started before i started making my relationship with god a priority when I, 
in the past mm. when I did business, it was always about the next deal. It was always about the next deal. But then when mm -hmm. my mindset shift, it's no longer about the next deal. It it's about the person. And so if I have to spend an extra 10 minutes, an extra hour, there's been moments where I've been on a, on a call with a client for four hours and I'm not getting paid for that time, but I'm doing it because now it's about the person. It's not about the amount I'm going to get paid. It's not about what I can do for them or what they can do for me. It's about this is a human being sitting in front of me and they need help and I have the ability to help them. And I want to do that. And, and likewise, when I'm not able to do that, I don't feel guilty for not being able to do it because I know that I tried. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it 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 is it is it is amazing. And yeah, I'm I'm happy for you. Um, is there something? So like you've just said, you've you've spent like you've you with your relationship with your um with God and your your religion and everything else kind of um been amplified and you're, you're really concentrating on that you you give more time to people is there anything else that you kind of your your process has given to somebody that you didn't expect as well and in in, in turn it's kind of then made you think oh wow okay this is this is amazing like yeah um okay so there is I would say there is there's there's literally a couple things that I would think that makes the recipe to make me who I am or make me react or be I don't sorry I'm trying to find the right words for this but make me be how I am or operate the way that I do I would say first my relationship with God second is giving um when I first learned about Titan um as we would call it or other people use the word charity or whatever. Um, when I first learned about it, it was like, you want me to give 10% of everything that I make to somebody else when I need it? Like, and, and at the time in my life where I was learning this, I was broke in debt with like no money, um, not knowing how I'm going to make the next month rent, worrying about is my light going to get cut off, like calling the light company, kind of get an extension. Um, and then I learned about Titan. I'm like, <laughs> mm. however, there, it, it was a breaking moment early on in my relationship with my husband where we rented this apartment. Um, we were living in the apartment and a weekend, I'm, I'm like casing the landlord, like, where's my lease? You didn't give me a lease. You took my money. I don't have a lease. I got a key, but I need a lease. Um, and literally the day after we signed that lease, the apartment flooded everything like the apartment above us had a plumbing problem and that problem, mm -hmm. like the caved in on the roof, uh, like below them, which would have been our roof, but their foot, um, it caved in and water came gushing. Everything in the apartment got destroyed. And it was like 12 o'clock in the morning when I got back home and I called the landlord and I'm like, listen, this apartment is flooded. All my stuff is destroyed. And she goes to me, well, how was my apartment? And I'm like, lady, I'm telling you everything in this apartment is destroyed. Every, I don't have a lot in the little bit that I have is like destroyed. Mm. My husband is a musician. And so we had like full drum sets and horns and just everything, toilet water all over everything. Mm. Um, and I just remember in that moment, like just yelling, like, you know what? Fine, if you want me to give like 10%, I'll just give it. 
<laughs> and ever since that moment, like, I, I don't know, I started exercising, just giving 10% of everything I make. And now it's like more mm. than 10%, but I, I started exercising the ability to give. What I realized mm. now that I didn't know then was it wasn't about giving. It was the ability to be generous because me being able to be generous with money gives me the ability to be generous with time. It gives me the ability to be generous with love, with patience. And so it's like now I can, like I said earlier, I can sit on the phone with somebody and not be getting paid for what I'm doing. But my mm. generosity to give, my generosity to want to help the next person become better allows me to do it freely. And I don't feel burdened if I feel like I have to give and not receive something in return. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, that it's so true. you you got to have a certain amount. But also, you also then need, need to learn when not to give as well. You don't want to give yourself away too much it's so that you always always have to kind of be aware of who you're giving to i i believe because there comes there comes points where some people notice that you're a giving soul and that you give so so generously and with all your heart and you don't you're not doing it out of the want of something so they take advantage so it's about noticing those people within everything else and still being like okay you're gonna get just a bit but not everything because i still need my my, my sanity <laughs> please oh yeah ab- absolutely so here here again where planning and scheduling comes in so i actually plan mm. and schedule when i give who i give and how to give so that i'm not i don't feel obligated to give um to everybody who asks me to give like for example I do, I, I, I budget time out of each day for mentoring where I literally just like mentor other business owners or people who reach out to me for mentoring. And there's a time in my schedule for that and they have to meet certain qualifications for me to do it. One, you must already have a business. Like you must be serious about what you're doing. Otherwise I'm not going to give my time to help you build something you're not serious about. Uh, in mm-hmm. terms of giving money, I specifically choose organizations that I believe in the cause of what they're doing to give. So it's just anybody mm. who says, hey, Key, can I just have some money? No, that's not happening. I, I choose how and when I give this way because, again, people will try to guilt trip you if they feel like I can get over on you. And so it, in, a, in a nutshell, it's give, but don't be foolish. Don't be stupid. Don't, don't allow people yeah. to take advantage of you. But yes if if you schedule it and you plan then you can do it and you know like okay this is the time when i give or when i do or whatever and there's a place for that in my life but when i'm working and i'm doing business i'm doing i'm doing business and that's that and but when i'm giving i'm giving the two is separate yeah 100 percent. um when your process isn't really kind of working um but you know you you found that it's it the the cause is right the person you believe in them but there's just something that's just it one plus one is making 15 and that don't make (laughs) no sense (laughs) how do you kind of navigate that situation what are some of the, the the things that you could tell somebody who's kind of following your foot well not 
your exact foot but it's getting into what you what you do um i would say know what works for you and what doesn't work for you um that's that mm. i that's like the biggest thing about that is knowing what works for you and what doesn't work for you and knowing your non-negotiables before i get into anything mm. i always know okay these are my non-negotiables so if i have a client that i'm negotiating a contract with I already said to myself, what's the bottom line? I'm not going below this and I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. If it requires me, like, for example, with my, with my work schedule for me, work is even though I work for myself, I block out. I work Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, 601, catch me tomorrow. 959, catch me at 10 o'clock. Um, Weekend yeah. don't call me, evenings don't bother me. And and so whenever I'm negotiating with a client, the first thing we talk about is what are my non-negotiables? And so if they're like, well, Kiri, we love you. We want you to work with us, but you got to come work on a weekend. It's not happening. I don't care how many you're offering. Mm. Um, and so when, when that became my non-negotiable, every client that came to me after that with a contract that required me to work on evening or weekends, no. I don't care how much you're offering. The answer is no, because outside of these parameters, even into weekend is my family time. It's my personal time. And so if I give that time over to you, then my family don't have time. I don't have personal time and then I'm no good. And, and so my, my non-negotiables already set up the barriers for yeses and no's. Whenever I'm in a situation where I feel like, okay, this isn't just like, it's not working. I take a step back, step back. And yeah. there's a couple things that there's like literally three things that I do in any situation. One, I get on, on the highway, jump in my car and start driving, listening to music and just on the open road window down. I love that. Like that's my, this is me freeing my mind and thinking Two praying mm -hmm. get on the highway ride just pray three minutes those are like my mm -hmm. three things um that's literally everything i do in a in in a situation like that if and if after that i just don't feel like i'm still feeling like if i go into meditation mode or prayer mode and i come out of it and i still feel like flustered or frustrated um what's your most useless talent Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, this is a hard, I don't, well, actually it's not hard. The, I don't think anything is useless. And so this is why I'm struggling to answer this question because I, I think everything purpose, right. like I'm not a very good singer, but whenever I do sing, it makes me feel better. So Exactly. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Okay. I am so sorry, guys. But I hope you can cut him out like barking, unless your listeners don't mind. I'm so sorry. I think I think I'll keep it. <laughs> Be like featuring what's your dog's name? Oh, Tony. That's what I'll put on the thing. Oh. Yeah, featuring Tony. There we go. Featuring a bark from Tony. <laughs> Um, okay, so what would you say is the hardest 
to do to get started or to keep going and is there like a specific trick that you've learned from your from you starting out yourself and then from you helping other startup um entrepreneurs and stuff to keep in going and to even start um hands down i think getting started is probably the hardest uh Mm-hmm. Just because for me, once I get something started, then it's easier for me to keep it going because now the hard part is over. Well, that's the way it works in my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. The trick that I've learned to that, and I don't know if it's a trick or just a band-aid. I, I hope that it is a permanent trick. Um, is literally planning it out to the end and then getting it started. So like if I am starting, I don't know, if I'm going to start to sell t-shirts, then I sit down and I plan out, okay, why am I selling this t-shirt? What is the purpose of it that I'm going to go with? Um, How am I going to sell it? Meaning distribution points. Um, How much am I going to make? What are my mock-ups? What are my, so I plan everything out to the end. And then I go back and I start to sell the t-shirt because now um, this is what I call having vision. Now I have a vision of where I want to go and how to get there. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go step by step the way I plan it, but I have foresight of where I want to go. So it makes it easier to when decisions comes up where it feels like I'm negating from what I initially intended to do, I'm able to see whether or not I can work this into my plan. I guess for Florida, it's kind of different. You guys have, have kind of kept going, even though, like, you know, the rest of the world was like, ah! which I'm like, I I wish I was there. At the same time, I'm like, you guys are brave. But how have you kept yourself well? Um, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, your, your relationship with God has really helped. But, oh, but it, it's... It's been testing, hasn't it? Like just the impact of, of all of this. But creatively and business wise, how have you how have you got through the last twelve months almost on the date now, isn't it? Really and truly. Whole year of this. <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know, <laughs> for me, oddly enough, COVID became a blessing to my business. Um so mm-hmm. prior to COVID, I started working from home back in 2013. Um, before mm-hmm. that, what I was doing, I was working for different call centers. Um, and I realized that a lot of the call centers started wanting to hire people to help them implement work from home programs. And so I spent a good amount of time helping mm-hmm. different call centers and bigger companies just implementing work from home programs where people can basically, instead of going to a call center and sitting there and answering phones, you can sit at home and answer the phone. And so when I saw that mm-hmm. happening in the industry, somewhere or another, it kind of gave me foresight that why would I drive to work every day when I could just work from home? Um, and, and, and I knew <laughs> that with technology, it was only a matter of time before that became the dominant thing because I started to look at how that was being transitioned in different in different sectors like for example with restaurants delivery has always been a thing but then uber eats came along and and delivery was really a thing um then there was amazon Mm. two-day shipping um with call centers people already working from home with education systems they had been working on online programs for a very long time and so 
looked at all these different sectors mm -hmm. and I saw how work from home and the ability to be flexible was the most demanding thing. I also started to look at what the generations mm -hmm. before us did. Um, like the generation before mine, the biggest complaint that my generation have is, oh, my mom and dad worked all the time and they weren't ever home. And so I don't want to do that with my kids. So what does mm -hmm. that tell the employers? You have to implement flexibility or you won't have employees because now people are realizing the importance of having a work balanced life. And so for me, it was like, well, I want a work balanced life. And I sure as hell, if I'm going to work all this hard and somebody's going to get rich out of it, it might as well be me. Um, so I started like yeah. finding ways to do like work from home opportunities. And I like took, I initially took the work from home call center jobs. And then like I used that to have mm -hmm. like more time in my day to start to work on my own projects. It started my business as like a side hustle. And then little by little, when I was able to build it up, I transitioned out of that and went into my business full time. So I've been working from home since 2013. So when COVID happened, nothing in my life changed because <laughs> um, I had been doing this for a long time. <laughs> now, what it happened was mm. the environment around me, I would say, started to get tense just because everybody around me started to become fearful of not knowing what's next. Likewise, a lot of the calls that I started getting in emails from clients became key. I don't know what to do. Key, I just lost my job. I, I've had this job for 20, 30 years. What do I do next? Oh, I don't. So it's like a lot of the information that I started to take in from other people became like them interjecting fear into my environment type of thing. Um. Oh, no. But my no. way of combating that is fishing. <laughs> and so I like, go fishing every weekend <laughs> till now. I still do it every weekend fishing, early morning walks on the beach, um, meditating on the beach. Just like I love the outdoors. So even when they said like, oh, we're on lockdown and nobody should do this or this or this. That was like great for me because everybody was at home. But I was just like on the beach enjoying the sunset. <laughs> like. Oddly enough, I started catching more fishes when everybody was like at home because now it's like I have the water to myself. Nice. <laughs> no, I love that. I love it. And oh, I wish I was in a sunny, nice place by the beach. I think, yeah, for me, the first way, because it was going into summer, it was all right. Like you could at least sit outside in your garden and have a have a bit of a of, of a of a holiday at home type situation it's been really 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 difficult in the winter months because you are literally confined to your home and then there was like the freak snowstorm which means you're not even you, you can't even say oh, i'm gonna go for a walk because who wants <laughs> hypothermia so, like, <laughs> so it's been quite like ah but hopefully we're coming out of it and oh yeah i'm ready um how how what advice would you give your younger self and what would you recommend like um for somebody who's looking into kind of like i said getting into the into the into the um lane that you're in where they're using their creativity to kind of kickstart other people's businesses and um, ETC, is there like any programs that they can start? Do they need to go to school for it? Like, how how does one 
go into these <laughs> choppy waters, Joreen? Um, advice to younger self. Be patient. Be patient. Um, mm -hmm. Just because there was a lot of moments where things seemed cloudy and it didn't look like it was going to work out or I didn't know how it was, how it was going to work out. And I attempted to give up many times, but somewhere or another, I just always got pulled back into this field. And I would definitely say be patient, knowing everything, everything has time and place. Um, advice to other people wanting to get into this field. I would say start somewhere, anywhere. Um, the thing about starting is when once you start, your purpose and, and your will will naturally, like a magnet, pull you into where it is you're supposed to be. Um, like when I started out, when I started out with this, it was me just doing graphic design on the side, um, not with no intention of being a business consultant or nothing. I always like saw a glimpse of this stuff coming together, but I didn't know to do what. Um, so I started out just doing graphic design and then that evolved into web design and then uh, digital marketing and it kept building from there i wasn't even like going mm -hmm. after being a consultant until one day a client said to me hey key um and even before then i like my client would always you'd always say to me like key you're like oh my god you're like such a key asset to my business you're like the keys to my car i can't drive without you and so that's how I actually adopted mm -hmm. the name Key because she's like, you're like a golden key. I need you. Um, but but she said to me, Key, why? Why don't you charge for consultant? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not a consultant. She goes, yeah, but every time I get on the phone with you, you're like spending all this time talking to me about my business and, and strategizing with me about my business. But you don't call yourself a consultant or do you charge for it? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Just but I just love doing this. I love like the most favorite part of every conversation or every client that I have is when I phone or a call with them and we're planning and strategizing. It's like, I don't know why for the life of me, but it excites the crap out of me. And then like, when I see like a couple months or a year go by and then I, I see like, Oh my God, we sat down and we planned this out and it came out even better than we planned it. It's like, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm dancing in myself and, and, so in a nutshell, yes. I would say just get started, man. Anywhere, anything. Like if right now you're just like an artist drawing and you're like, I eventually want to be, like I want to see my paintings everywhere, just start drawing. And even if you have to sell like your paintings on the side of the road, that's a starting point. It doesn't mean that's where you have to stay. Um, like right now, where I am right now in my business, like people will look at this and say like, oh, you're in a good place. But they didn't see the years back when I was a street vendor, when I was literally like walking and selling clothes, making 50 cents on a dollar. But it was like, all of that was like preparation for this mm. because back then I didn't know it, but I was learning how to deal with people. I was learning how to deal with adverse situations. I was learning how to be patient when the money wasn't steady. Like I didn't know those, that was what I was learning then, but I can look back from where I'm sitting now and say, that's what I was learning back then. And so in a nutshell, just start anywhere. It's better to start like a seed first goes mm. into the ground and then you have to spend time watering it in and giving it sunlight and nourishing it before it even blossoms just a stem. And then it has to grow before it can even give you a fruit. So let your seed grow in the ground, man. Start somewhere. Yeah. 100%. Um.
in terms of things like so there's certain things that some artists and some creatives kind of grapple with so it's the whole starting business and then it's the whole um okay how do I market myself and within that it's sort of like how do you um charge how do you price how do you value yourself do you think people when they're looking at when they're thinking about all of that they should always value themselves high or do you want to be modest is 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 there such thing as modesty in business (laughs) um okay so okay this this comes down to first of all whatever it is that that you feel your purpose in life is. And for me, all purpose means is, what are you so passionate about that if you were to die tomorrow, you wouldn't want to die unless you accomplish that thing. Um, and and so it's all mm-hmm. about knowing what, what, what you want to accomplish. And so I, I'm going to use myself again as the example, just because I, I don't know, obviously, nobody else's story, so I got to use um, Yeah. When I... <laughs> Things that I know for sure I want to do in my life. I know I always wanted to help people. I know that there are people who are creative and they have not gotten the spotlight either because they don't know how to or because they did and somebody took advantage of them. And so for me, as a kid, there was a part of my life where I got bullied. And so I know what it feels like to be bullied. And so I've learned how to, like, I've always wanted to be on the other side of that, the person defending the people that's being bullied. Um, and and so it's like, mm-hmm. I know for sure I want to help people not be taken advantage of. I never want to be the one taking advantage of somebody else. I know I don't like seeing people in pain. And so anything I can do to eliminate pain from somebody else, I want to do. But I also know I love business. I mm-hmm. love um for a long time, I, I, I told my husband, like, I don't know what my skill is. Like, like if you're born and you're a singer, then, like, you sing really well, then it's, like, easy to say I want to be a singer. Or if you're, like, really good at drawing, then it's easy to say I'm going to be an artist. But, shoot, if you don't know how to sing or play basketball, then what is your skill, <laughs> you know? And so I had to learn what my skills yeah. were. Once I figured out what my skills were, then I started to figure out, okay, now, what do I want to do in terms of career? I know for sure working for somebody else is not a damn option. I'll work for some, I will work with someone else, but I don't want to work for someone else in the aspect of somebody else writing my paycheck, somebody else telling me when to clock in and clock out. I'm still working for people, but it's just in a different manner in terms of I'm, I'm an independent contractor. You don't get to tell me when I clock in and clock out. You tell me how much I'm going to get paid. Instead, I tell yeah. you how much I want to get for my time. And if it's within your budget, you can say yes or no. And if I choose to, then I might negotiate with you, but at least I'm getting leveraged, you know, and there's not borders on me. So once yeah. I figure that stuff out, um, which is something that every artist has to do, do you want to do you want to be the person responsible for your time? Or are you okay with somebody else controlling your time as long as they pay you well? Or are you just like, you know what? I don't really care. I just want to create. And so whether I'm making a lot of money or not making a lot of money, whether somebody else is like controlling whether I punch a clock or not, that doesn't matter. I just want to draw or whatever it is that I do. Um, Once you figure out those options, then Mm -hmm. you say, okay, I want to either be a business owner, I want to be a freelancer, or I want to be an employee, depending on what's most attractive to you. Once you figure that part out, if you say, okay, I'm going to be a freelancer or a business owner, um, then it, it, 
the question becomes, how much do I want to be responsible for? A freelancer means I'm only responsible for me. A business means I'm responsible for me and other people. Mm. And and so it's like, how much responsibility do you want to have? Because that's the real question. Um, and then once you figure that part out, everything else after that is all about preparation and, and taking action. Um, in terms of how how you would add value or determine what to charge or not to charge, this question goes back again to what is your purpose? Um, are you wanting to do this because mm. do you want to, I'm going to keep using artists like drawing. Do you want to draw to, to, mm. to just, is it, are you, are you satisfied with somebody just seeing your painting or your painting just being posted on a wall and that's satisfactory enough for you? Or are you saying, I want to make a living off of this and, and I want to live a certain lifestyle. Now, depending on the type of lifestyle you want to live, that's how much you have to charge. If you're saying like, okay, well, um, I don't want to be filthy rich, but I don't want to be broke either. Then what's what's the balance there? Um, am I comfortable living off of fifty thousand a year? Is that for me like like a peak of a lifestyle, or am I more like I want to live like a two hundred thousand dollars a year lifestyle? Or shoot, that's not enough. I need a million a year. Like, what type of lifestyle you? And that's where the question comes down to, okay, well, this is how much I'll charge because obviously if you're charging 50,000 a year for your service, but really you want to live a hundred thousand dollar a year lifestyle, then you got to increase your service. Um, in terms of, sorry, and, and you yeah. asked me a bunch of questions. So I'm like trying to get the answers to all of them in at the same time. Um, in terms of value, how yeah. do you know what the value is? I think value is a three-part thing. One, it's self-esteem. Because I've, I've come across people who are just like ridiculously talented. And I'm like, oh my God, why are you not charging more? And it's not that they don't want to charge more. It's they don't have the confidence in themselves to do it. Like I've met people who are charging $10 an hour for their mm -hmm. service. But they're providing more like $150 an hour service. And they're like, yeah, but I don't, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable telling somebody I want $150 an hour. And I'm like, well, shit, let me do it for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. It, I think it, it definitely part self-esteem. The other part of it and self-esteem confidence, I think that's one. The other thing is knowledge. Sometimes people just don't know. Um, they don't know how to articulate um, having money conversations. Um, I'll give you an example. I have one client who is an amazing event planner, but when it comes to sitting down and having conversation with clients about how much she's going to charge for service, she freaks. And so I said to her, fine, I'll be your closer. Take me to me with your meetings. I'll jump on zoom with you. I'll teach you how to close. And then once I started to show her the ropes of this is how you close, then she's like, "Key, get out of my way. I got this. Mm. So it, 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 it's part that knowledge. Nice. Um, and, and again, and that ties back to, to self-esteem and confidence, because if you're not walking into a meeting confident that, you know what, what I'm bringing to the table is valuable. And if you see the value in it, then you're going to pay me for what I'm asking, then whatever. Um, and then the other thing of it is perception. Um, think of it this way. If somebody gives you a gift, they just like give it to you in a trash bag or a plastic bag or whatever. Then it's like this doesn't really feel much like a gift. However, if they give you a gift and it's like 
in a gift bag and then it's wrapped and then it got a bow on it and then you open it and the presentation is like beautiful then it could have been a five dollar gift but the presentation is so amazing that it's like it took your breath away and and so even though you could have went out and paid five dollars for it yourself the way that it made you feel was more than five dollars so you don't care how much they spend on the gift and it's the same thing with value um how or what is like getting about your product or service when you put it all together is it like not neat and tidy and presented well and and even though you're working with a, like limited resources whenever you do it you're doing it as if you were working with a lot of resources or are you saying oh well this is all i got and so oh well they just gonna they they just gonna have to figure it out no give them give them your best with a little bit that you have and and when you start to do that your clients themselves will start to say shoot i wish i would have paid you more because this is better than i thought when you start to get comments like that it's time to raise your price because now other people are seeing the extra mile you're going to put the value in and the effort and all that stuff yeah 100 percent. i love that i love how you went into detail in like if like how um it, it's not just an uh, uh well i want to just you know charge this much it, it it's about it's a it's a whole circle and you have to think of every single slice in that circle for you to then justify your price and you then price you price yourself and your and your product in such a way that people with such confidence sorry that people then don't question it because we never sit down and question why Chanel, Chanel bag is five thousand pounds or five or five thousand dollars we just accept it and that's because it's been everything has been thought out everything has been is 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 done with such confidence and conviction that you don't you don't shy away from oh it's a five thousand dollar bag do you know what i mean like it's just so yeah i thank you for that and i think that was a nice little yeah little tidbit Sorry. for people to listen to i got one um i forgot to ask lo- the the other oh, thing sorry. to that and i'm so sorry because I, I just have to put this in there with that it also comes down to what is it that you're trying to do are you trying to mass produce or are you saying you know what this is exclusive and it's limited like there are certain cars that are like they're mass produced mm-hmm. and so you can get them for five ten thousand dollars twenty thirty whatever mm-hmm. and they're mass produced they're everywhere everybody got mm-hmm. one of them and then there are other cars that are like they're not even advertised <laughs> you don't even know when they're coming out and they're and they're limited and because they're so mm. limited and so rare they're able to charge a lot more for them because the supply is, is less than the demand and and so that comes down to that as well if you're trying to mass produce your product or service then obviously you have to sell it at a price that the masses can afford it but if you're like you know what i'm okay with if i only serve five clients a day but them five clients a day is going to pay me for what I'm worth. Mm. And so obviously there's a certain tier of people who mm. can who can really afford your price if you're only seeing five people a day or two or whatever. Um, so that's a big thing to play in that. I just wanted to like put that in there. So it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, it, it, the price... I find like when I do talk to my um, other creative friends, I think I've even said this to you like when we spoke last night, when it comes to really putting down a price on what, what we do, creatives especially, because we're so, 
we're so involved in the like if you were talking about if you're an artist a painter you're so involved in it that you sometimes want to value it at like the same price as Mona Lisa but then you then you have to think about okay am I there is is that my client can I actually get three and you know sometimes you could like if you if you if you go to the right circles and you you big yourself up look at Banksy do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 about how you navigate and how you your confidence and who you want to sell to and why you want to sell to that person and what is it that you're selling? Is there demand for that? If there is, then you know, like you then have to be clever in how you 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 price it. Or if there isn't that much demand, you kind of have to look at okay, why isn't that that much demand? Can I make people want it? Should I make people want it? Is it worth it? Because you don't want to be flogging a dead horse at the same time and wondering why you're not making money. So it, it's it's a balancing act. It's and it's a confident thing, but it's also knowing what you're doing and being confident in yep. what you're doing as well. You know, so yeah, you're so right. Um, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say love, something else oh, to yeah. the, to the point that you just made is this also comes down to whenever you're do whenever you're doing something in like okay whether it's a product or service that you're selling whatever it is that you're doing mm. what what is the end game plan um it comes down a lot to that as well too um how long are you how long is it that you want to be doing this thing and what's your exit strategy are you just like simply doing this as a side hustle to get you to what it is that you really want to do or is this something that you're committed to? I want to build this to pass on to my children. Or it 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 it's definitely a, a lot of things to go into it. On the other side of that as well is knowing your strengths and your weakness. If you know you're not a good a good salesperson, but you're really good at creating, then don't be the salesperson. Hire a salesperson, and this way you don't have to like put yourself in a position where you're like, well, I think my are worth this much but i'm afraid to ask for that price no hire somebody who don't have a problem asking for that price and know how to get that price for you so use your strengths i would say and then have somebody else who is stronger than you with somebody else at something else where you're weak utilize their strengths yeah 100 percent. that is and that is i think the key to any kind of success to to a degree it's not fully the key <laughs> pun not intended but like it is what you've just said like that fully and un- understanding you first and then moving on to trying to understand everything else like what is your purpose like why are you doing what it is that you're doing and why do you think the rest of the world a either needs it b either needs to see it or you know can benefit from it then every the once you kind of answer those questions and you're like yes you you're confident in yourself everything else kind of tumbleweeds into working in your favor because you're you you know you know yourself you know your product you know what you're doing you whether if, if something comes along and it kind of knocks you down you kind of know how to pick yourself back up because you've got the core sorted out you know I think a lot of people don't succeed because they're kind of trying to do that whole fast oh right now boohoo's doing so great uh misguided or pretty little thing so I'm gonna get into the whole fast fashion lane and I'm gonna create this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna have these designs I'm gonna get it but is that really what you want to (laughs) do you know like 
really and truly figure out what do you and why are you doing it are you doing it just because you've seen that people are making money from it or because it's something that you truly believe it believe in and you want the world to see how you your take is kind of um absolutely absolutely to that thing um lastly how do you want people to kind of remember what you are doing and how how you're doing it when it's all said and done and you know the aliens come down or god comes down or whatever else what other people believe in comes down and um all that's left is a book to say this is um and she was and this is how she wants to be remembered what what would that look like what are you what are you trying to to grow and, and cultivate i would say um i want to be remembered for being the woman the person um who lit fire in the in the entrepreneur space in and showing creatives how to create generational wealth um with their talents so that they're not being taken advantage of by shark companies who saw their weakness and exploited them. But instead I created an environment and an ecosystem where people can collaborate, can share, can learn, and most of all, accelerate together. Um, I would say that's, that's definitely my thing, wanting to create an ecosystem for entrepreneurs, creatives to, to be able to learn, grow, share, accelerate. Nice, hundred percent, and I believe in that in that manifesto. Um, Key, it's been an amazing hour as always. Thank you for entertaining me and for for answering my questions. Um, if you would like, you can plug where people can find you. Um, if they're ever in Florida or online, I feel like yeah, people need to, people need to people need to ask for your advice. Yeah, you're 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 a good one. I'm happy that I, well, I kind of started talking to you. I am happy that I could be helpful to you, Greg. It has been just, it's really been fantastic since the moment I connected with you. Um, for those of you listening and want to reach out, um, you can find me at keymckay.com um, on Instagram. And I have LinkedIn and Facebook, but I, I honestly really spend time there. Um, I'm more YouTube and Instagram, but grow with that's my hash on any of those grow with key. Um, but definitely the quickest way is just go to my website, click the schedule button and you can book an appointment with me. Nice. Yep. Honestly, thank you again. Um, have a lovely rest of your yes, day. I believe it's morning afternoon where you're at. After have yeah, for us it's like a, now it's nearly um, dusk. I can't keep up with these time zones, honestly. It yeah, I get so confused, and I'm like, but we're on the same rock, and we share the same sun. Why do we have different times? <laughs> but anyway, have a lovely rest of your day, and um, yeah, <laughs> well, give your dog. Thank a nice you so much, Greta. It was great connecting with you. Have a great day, and thank you guys for listening. Bye. 
to help the podcast grow, please leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to us.